Hi, everyone. Welcome to our inaugural podcast of First the Questions. I'm Barbara Davis. I'm the Executive Minister here at First Presbyterian Church in the City of New York, and I'm excited to uh, dig in a little deeper to some questions that come up in our different uh, programs here at the church. And I'm here with our Interim Director of Communications, Sophia Canfield. Hello. It's nice to meet everybody. This podcast is going to be focusing on a lot of questions that come up, but this one specifically we're going to be talking about this past week's Bible study, which was focusing on the four Gospels. So, first, let's get to the questions. Why are the Gospels in the order that they are in? And second, why are there four Gospels? Why can't we just have one? Thanks, Sophia. Those are really great uh, questions that emerged out of our Bible study uh, last week. Uh, The Bible study last week was, as you mentioned, uh, focused on all four of the Gospels together and kind of looking at the arc of how and when those Gospels were written in the second half of the first century, and really looking at the ways that the Gospel communities sort of developed over the course of that second half of the first century, and also different uh, theological uh, emphasis and different theological development that happened uh, over the course of those uh, last 50 years of the first century. So uh, these were great questions that really came out of the, of the study uh, from, folks, uh, from folks in the group. So let's talk about that first question then. Why are there four Gospels? Because they kind of cover a lot of the same stories we noticed. Why isn't there just one? Yeah, it's a great question, and uh, has a lot to do with the development of the New uh, Testament, uh, but also the ways that the stories of Jesus were passed down. One of the first things that we uh, think about and talk about when we're studying the Gospels is how they weren't uh, they weren't really eyewitness accounts. Uh, so that by that we mean uh, they're telling the stories of Jesus' life, but they weren't written probably during Jesus' lifetime. Most New Testament scholars. Uh, date the Gospel of Mark as the earliest of the four, and probably wasn't written until about 30, uh, 40 years after Jesus' life. So probably uh, in the late 60s into the early 70s, uh, that Gospel, uh, according to Mark as we know it now, was written. And then uh, the Gospels of Matthew and Luke uh, weren't written until probably the mid-80s of the Common Era, And a majority of scholars agree that John's gospel is the last of the four, probably written in the early 90s. And so part of what we have, uh, and why we have four then, is that we have these four kind of accounts of Jesus' life coming out of different different communities, uh, set in very different contexts, thinking about very different things about what Jesus' life and ministry and his death and resurrection uh, meant to him. Are there other books in the Bible that cover similar stories, just retold in a different way? Not really with, uh, not really with Jesus' life, but we certainly see that uh, throughout the Bible. Uh, We get a lot of overlapping content like that told uh, just from different uh, perspectives. We see it primarily in the New Testament with something like the book of Acts, which tells a lot of stories about Paul's life. Uh, And we also have Paul's letters, which were written uh, actually before the Gospels and certainly before the book of Acts. Uh, And his letters will sometimes tell about, you know, his travels all around Asia Minor or times when he was in prison. And we have a very different perspective of those stories uh, told in the book of Acts as well. That happens throughout the Old Testament also in different ways. And you mentioned a word during Bible study that I didn't get, that 
the four Gospels are something that's seen together. What is that word? Oh, yeah. So it's actually just uh, the, the first three in the New Testament. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke are often referred to as the synoptic Gospels, uh, which basically means that they're being seen, they're seen together. Uh, which has to do with what uh, biblical scholarship has kind of discovered in the last 150 years or so, is that they probably uh, either had versions of Mark and some other source, which has kind of been lost to time now, but some source of Jesus' sayings in particular, that they used uh, as they were compiling uh, their Gospels. So those first three Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, all really share a lot of very similar stories and a lot of similar ideas. And even sometimes, particularly between the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Matthew, some of the words and the word order in the Greek and the manuscripts are almost are exactly the same, uh, which is part of how the scholars who study the words in that way kind of have developed this theory of how they used each other. John's gospel is a bit of an outlier uh, among them, uh, very different, uh, has a lot of things that are that are different in the way the story of Jesus is told, uh, and is also doesn't have a lot of the things that we come to think of about Jesus' ministry. There's no, uh, there's no parables, for example, in the Gospel of John. It's crazy. Like <laughs> they're they're telling the same story, but then John like has so many differences. What was the you mentioned during Bible study? There was a text called Q. Was that related? Oh, yeah, so uh, probably not as related to John, but related to these, what we call the synoptic gospels. So that's that, That's some kind of a group of sayings that scholars are pretty sure that the gospel communities of Matthew, Mark, and Luke all had some version of these sayings of Jesus that was kind of passed around among the communities and that those were used uh, probably to write at least uh, Mark's uh, gospel and quite potentially Matthew and Luke's as well. So scholars who study, you know, what's called kind of source uh, theory uh, have developed this idea that there was this source. Uh, Q stands for the, it's German for QL, which means source. And so that's the whole idea of why it's called Q. But uh, we don't have any versions of Q that still exist, but it seems pretty clear that there was some set of sayings like that, uh, that that these communities all had some access to. I, I was looking it up because I was so curious, and there's so many books on Q, which seems wild since we don't know what Q was, what it yeah. contained. <laughs> And they've got 300-page books on it. And I'm like, how do you have so much to say about something you can't read? It's interesting. It's pretty amazing, uh, the you know, sort of the depth of scholarship and the ways that they can, you know, and there have been a lot of attempts to kind of recreate it, like what it, what was it exactly? So. I don't know if you can recreate something like that, especially it's supposed to be what Jesus was saying specifically. Right, right. They, yeah. they can certainly summarize, maybe. I'm not sure. So you mentioned several years and when they were all happening potentially after Jesus' life. What is the reason that they're in that order? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And it's kind of actually linked to the the earlier question of like, why are there four and why mm -hmm. can't we just have one? Um, it seems like, and this is sometimes hard for us to remember, right, that in the first century when the Gospels were being, being written, 
Um, we have the Old Testament beginning to take some form, but the New Testament doesn't have much form yet, even though the, the letters of Paul, the Gospels are written, but it's not sort of collected together until a little bit longer. So um, uh, later on in the second century, when the books begin to be, uh, you know, kind of collected together and put into order, and then it'll be another hundred years or so before they're actually canonized or brought into what we now know as the New Testament, um, there was a big uh, debate uh, that broke out in the second century. Uh, w- one of the one of the early big uh, heresies uh, in the ch- in the church, and that was um, a fellow named Marcion, who died in about 160 of the Common Era. And Marcion had two ideas. One was that what was emerging as Christianity at that time, these followers of Jesus that it um, that it wasn't really connected to the Judaism that Jesus taught in and interacted with in the first century, and that the Old Testament could altogether be put aside. And along with that was sort of an idea that all of these letters, Paul's letters, the Gospels, uh, could be kind of brought together into one to one book. It didn't need to be all these different uh, books. And so... Uh, Marcion was was re- Marcion's ideas kind of all across the board were really rejected by a lot of other people who were in leadership in the second century, including um, Irenaeus of Lyon, uh, who was a, a bishop uh, there and who uh, really rejected this idea both of disregarding the Old Testament but particularly of kind of combining and expunging things from the Gospels because Marcion's idea was like, "Eh, we don't need most of the Gospel of Matthew. He was a big fan of the Gospel of Luke and so really took the Gospel of Luke and kind of folded other books into it. So that's a long story, but to get us back to Irenaeus because when Irenaeus was arguing this with Marcion, he said, no, 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 we have to keep all four of these Gospels and these are the four and this is the order that Irenaeus put them in, in his like first like kind of fledgling uh, list of New Testament books, put the Gospels in that order. And most scholars now think that probably Matthew was put first because the, the chronology wasn't the thing that Irenaeus was looking at and wasn't the thing that remained important uh, to folks later on when the New Testament was canonized, but rather Matthew's gospel has the strongest connection uh, to the Judaism of the first century and really uh, puts Jesus in the context of first century Judaism in a very different way. If you just look at chapter one of the gospel of Matthew, you can see that uh, there's a long genealogy to start, uh, really tying Jesus in kind of the family tree of Ruth and David, and so connecting Jesus very closely to the stories of the Old Testament. So the idea is if you're reading through, right, you finish uh, for us in the Christian canon, uh, you finish with the book of the prophet Malachi, you move into Matthew, you immediately sort of see the connection between the Old and the New Testament. So um, that that's a big reason why uh, we have the order that they're in. And it is very much kind of connected to this idea of, you know, also why we have four Gospels as well. Because Irenaeus was also very insistent, no, we need all of these different perspectives. 
uh, and it really became kind of the the uh, the the main thrust of the of growing Christianity then that we needed these different complementary perspectives, right? They they immediately became not competitive with each other, right? But complementary, and we talk a lot about how the gospels, even if they might not agree with each other all throughout, that they're very complementary of each other. So, do you think that was a way to make it more palatable to? people practicing a Jewish faith and blend the teachings of Jesus? Well, I mean, you know, that's an interesting question. I think for us, it's sort of hard to, it's almost hard to understand what was going on in the, in the first century uh, without like tons and tons of study. But really uh, when scholars look back at the gospels in particular and where they're sort of situated within the Judaism of the first century, it seems pretty clear that one, Jesus was Jewish, um, that Jesus was teaching primarily within uh, the tradition of Judaism at that time. And then the followers of Jesus really then kind of emerge out of the Judaism of the first century. And Paul, who goes sort of, you know, more into Asia Minor and is broadening kind of that project, uh, even so is very attached to uh, the Judaism of the first century. And Judaism in the first century is also changing pretty dramatically as well. That's really the beginnings of rabbinical Judaism. Uh, the growth of worship in synagogues is beginning to happen then as well. So there's, there's lots of ways that there's a lot of changes going on. And so there is certainly some uh, fighting within the tradition of Judaism in the first century. That's more what we see represented in the Gospels than what we, you know, we normally think of it as like, you know, Christianity and Judaism and two kind of separate strands. But really at that point, they're growing out of, we talk about it as kind of, they're, they're growing out of the same tree, or really the tree is Judaism and Christianity is kind of growing out. So there's certainly a way in which uh, those early kind of folks in leadership of the church are trying to maintain that connection. And we see that in the New Testament itself, and we see that also within sort of the traditions that come after it in the very earliest parts of the church. So uh, there's a sense of trying to maintain at least that part of the identity, even as Christianity is changing. Mm -hmm. um, I just had one other question. You mentioned Marcian was focused on this and getting into some trouble. Was Does that relate to the trial run that you mentioned of combining the four Gospels into one? I think you mentioned something like that before. Oh, yeah. So um, it's interesting. Uh, there was actually another uh, person who was not quite contemporary with Marcion, actually uh, was writing probably more around the time when Marcion died, mm -hmm. so around 160 of the Common Era. Um, uh, Tashian, I think is how you pronounce his name. And his idea was more, you know, I mentioned Marcion tried to kind of just focused on Luke's gospel and tried to kind of strip out things and fold in Pauline uh, writings as well. But Tashian was more interested in doing uh, what we sometimes even still do today, but it's not usually like in one little book over here, although there are probably some examples of that. He tried to kind of harmonize the four, four Gospels and really uh, basically just create one Gospel. Mm -hmm. And in some uh, parts of the world, this was called the uh, 
uh, diatessaron. And in some parts of the world, uh, that was pretty popular uh, for a long time, really uh, until the Middle Ages, this kind of harmonized uh, Gospels. And uh, finally, I guess there was some uh, more official kind of stance from the you know, the powers that be within the authorities of Christianity that that wasn't okay, and it was sort of disappeared. But if you would think about it in ways like, you know, we do it ourselves uh, from time to time. The most common time when we do it is, of course, Christmas, right? There's only two birth stories of Jesus in the four Gospels, and we tend to kind of merge them together. Uh, so we, you know, we take the the story that's so familiar from Luke's uh, gospel with, you know, Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem and the shepherds, and we kind of weave that in with suddenly there are wise men there, and, and that's Matthew's gospel. That's totally different, you know, sort of stories. And there's a couple other places where we do it. We kind of, um, either liturgically or just even in our own minds, we kind of weave those gospels together without realizing it. There's so many themes that just work together so well that it's like kind of makes sense to like share both because like so many Sundays we share different scriptures like we'll have two different lessons that we cover and they just make sense to work together but are not at all related so I yeah. see it from this side. <laughs> yeah 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 that's a great that's a great example yeah we do tend to do that quite yeah. a bit. <laughs> um, I, I think it's really uh, interesting and part of why I kind of take us a little deeper into this idea in Bible study. Uh, the, there's a book actually called The Bible, A Biography by Karen Armstrong, and she articulates this really well. And part of what she says is that uh, the, the earliest followers of Jesus were able to hold different ideas of who Jesus was uh, in their minds, in their hearts, kind of in their communities. And that's a bit of what we're talking about with these four different gospel ideas, with those being uh, canonized, with that being really important to the earliest uh, followers of Jesus, to the earliest formation of Christianity. I think in today's world, we get so um, we get so interested ourselves and we interact with people who are so determined to put kind of stakes in the ground about what Christianity is or what it means and to say like, but this is what it means going back way to the beginning. And actually going back way to the beginning, I think folks were actually much more comfortable with holding different ideas of who Jesus was uh, than sometimes we even are today. So I, I really like to focus on this part of the history and to lift it up because I think it's it's very important for us to realize that the, this has always been the way uh, that our faith tradition is, um, that we're, we're able to hold these different ideas together and not to kind of exclude and, and push each other out. It's not that there's no limits around that, but uh, the ideas of who Jesus was in the world are actually much broader, I think, than what we often embrace or talk about. Well, thanks, everyone. It's been great uh, to be here with you today. And Sophia, it was a great conversation today. It's always <laughs> good you. to get a chance to, again, just dive a little bit deeper into some of the things that we're talking about in the Bible study along the way. Uh, our hope for this podcast is really to continue not only linking up with the uh, questions that come out of our Bible studies or uh, with other programs. We have a Coffee and Theology uh, series at 930 on Sunday mornings. 
but also uh, to hear from all of you about what questions you might have. Uh, and we'll, uh, you know, be working on an outline of how to include uh, lots and lots of questions uh, in this new podcast. First, the questions uh, within our description and on our social media, you'll see links where you can send uh, your questions to us as well. And we'll look forward to hearing from you and hearing what you thought of this, uh, this initial podcast. Have a great day, everyone.